I'm a comedian. And I'm Kat Eves, and I'm a stylist. And, and this, this is Gaudy Positive. I'm feeling positive. Are you feeling positive? I think I'm feeling somewhat positive. I, I worked out, which I think upped my endorphins That's after good. yesterday. Yeah. Of crashing so hard. I definitely had a crash. Oh, I crashed hard. I crashed physically and mentally very hard. Well, should we talk about what, what we yeah. did? So currently, we are in the Kimpton Alton Hotel at Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. Gaudy on the road. That's right. And we're just here to scare all the tourists. We're here to... we That's And right. we did. Yes, we did. We truly did. Yeah. So we were in town for the legendary, the mystical, the much... Um, uh, whispered about whispered about a uh, great thing to tell your friends to Google um, <laughs> and not explain what it is um, event called uh, Folsom Street Fair yeah you know what I love about the Folsom Street Fair name is what? just the fact that if I tell somebody oh I'm going to Folsom Street Fair they're like oh cool will there be like a farmer's market maybe some food trucks I mean there is a I'm sure there's a farmer's market part of it. There's definitely fresh produce. I for sure saw some grapefruits out there. They just so were couple, tied up in a cock ring. A couple you know? good bananas in there. A couple zucchinis and I mean, an eggplant or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're wondering what we're actually talking about, the Folsom Street Fair is um, in San Francisco, and it is a huge... BDSM fetish um, community, gay community, queer community gathering of sorts uh, on the streets of Folsom. Yeah. Um, What's the area? Soma, you said is the area? Yeah, Soma. Yeah, South of Market. Yeah, and Soma and, oh my God, my voice. (laughs) You've been haunted by the Folsom demon. It's like I gave a bunch of blowjobs, (laughs) but I didn't. But you didn't. Um. Yeah, it's basically like a, a street fair gathering where yeah. it is demonstrations. Yeah. Um, people wearing their best fetish outfits. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all kinds. You've got dogs, horses. You've got people. Skunks. skunks. Latex skunk. You've got furries. You've got leather daddies. You've got um, people just full out naked. Yeah. People just completely naked. Lots um, of nakos. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of just tits out, dicks out. Yeah. A lot of subs, a lot of doms, um, a lot of, uh, you know, the cross. I forgot what the cross is called. Oh, the um, fucking cross. <laughs> the, the flogging where you get flogged. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of sh- like, shibari rope demonstrations. Yeah. Just if it's fetishized, it's at the fair. Yes. And um, diapers. Diapers. There Pissing. were lots of diapers. There was people getting pissed on. Piss pools. Piss pools. There was people getting open air blow jobs um, yeah. and hand jobs, which apparently is pretty tame compared to what it used to be. Yeah. Um, and it was just, you know, a cornucopia, I would yeah. call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would definitely call it a cornucopia. I think that's a good way. I have a question. What was your favorite outfit of the day that you saw yesterday? And you cannot say yours or mine. Oh, okay. Our outfits were pretty great. Honestly, our outfits were the best. Oh, great. We got stopped multiple times by people asking to take our photos. Yes. And I every time in my head, I was like, where is this photo going? Oh, it's it's we're done for. Yeah. <laughs> we're done <Yeah>. for forever. <laughs> <laughs> but they, look, thankfully, we had pasties on. 
I'm an I'm a grown ass fucking adult. You're a grown adult. If somebody adult. has a problem with me wearing lingerie at a fuck festival, then they are not my people. Yeah, exactly. You want to work for Apple? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, how many Apple people do you think were actually there? Tons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many. That to me, like, there the first thought that kind of came through my mind when we were there was these people all have regular jobs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. They're probably, like, doctors and they're mm-hmm. lawyers and they're, like, you know, IT dudes. Yeah. And they're just, like, it, it's, like, a it, it had very Ren Fair vibes to it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that somehow it always comes back to Ren Fair with you, Jenny. It comes back to the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> but it did. It had very, like, Renaissance fairy Vibes. I'm just saying, there's nobody there calling me milady. I just mm. know, you know, there are no the miladiers are there. Oh, that's, definitely. But they're not calling you that. There. No, they're in their furry costumes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Getting, you know. Uh, oh, we did. We did get a great photo. Did you get the photo with all the furries and the guy with the cock? I did not get in the photo. I didn't want to smell them. Oh, I mean, yeah, they're probably very sweaty. Again, I not know- not saying that furries are a smelly. No. Smelly creatures. It was hot and sweaty out there. It was hot and sweaty out there. And I kept getting B.O. whiffs and was like, I can't. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, I don't like the smells. There were a lot of natural people there enjoying yeah. their own odors. Um, they love them. Yeah. I and, do not. And, uh, you know, uh, took a picture of some furries. One had a great, I love a little surprise. You know, you didn't notice, but their dick was in a cage. Yeah. But it's like, it was very subtle. A furry with a dick in a cage. Yeah, it was a very subtle... A lot. There was a lot of people fully clothed with just their dicks hanging out. Yeah. Which, which I, I, I kind of enjoy. Yeah, I was like, that's cool. It yeah. was more jarring to see people who were normally dressed. Yeah. You know, it was really funny. There was like this one couple that stood out to me so much because they both looked like they just walked out of like a Kohl's catalog. <laughs> And the woman had, like, the biggest smile on her face looking at everybody's costumes, but you could tell. I was like, they must be tourists. Because they just, the way that they were, like, walking through the crowd, they were just like, oh. They were like, wow. What a cute lingerie outfit. San Francisco is just as wild as we thought. What a darling latex skunk. <laughs> you know. The latex skunk one was pretty great. I The thing I love about the latex skunk in particular is if you look at the photo. Fo- so we took a photo with it, with this person, and... The if you look that person had the biggest smile on their face like oh, yeah. that was the best day of their life yeah and I it, that makes me really happy yeah I it, think sorry go ahead oh I was gonna say it wasn't our, the best day of our lives it was it was an interesting <laughs> day it wasn't the worst day no. it was a great day yeah I had was... a great time we got dressed up to the to fucking sexy sex town yep okay we looked amazing um. You know, actually, I mean, Kat, do you want to talk about uh, how it was feel- feeling shopping for lingerie? Um, Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I guess we should say content warning right here because um, I'm going to talk a little very short real talk about body issues. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny how you can think that you're so evolved and like, I'm, I'm like... I, I don't care about, like, somebody can call me fat and I'll be like, yes, correct. You know, yeah. like, I don't, I don't get upset about people I get upset about people discriminating my body against my body only if they're making decisions on my behalf like yes. a doctor you know or whatever but like somebody else hating on my body doesn't hit me anymore so I like to think that I'm very like you know body positive or whatever and mm-hmm. then I get in a dressing room and I'm trying on lingerie and I have 
um, very large tits. And so lingerie is not really made for me, which yeah. it, which seems backwards still to me. And I think maybe that's part of my frustration. I'm like, hello, <laughs> let's enhance these puppies, you know? But like, <laughs> I, it's, it's one of those things where um, lingerie never feels like it's made for my body type, mm-hmm. even plus size lingerie. And so it's really frustrating because... Uh, you know, especially being like a stylist, I always say these things to like my clients, as you know, I'll be like, like, it's, it's just the clothes, it's not your body. But like when you're standing in a dressing room trying stuff on like lingerie, where it's so tight against your body, and mm-hmm. it's supposed to be really form fitting, and it yeah. feels like it's not doing the job that you want it to do. It is really like frustrating. And I was first of all, don't go lingerie shopping hangry. No, don't do it. I know better. But I thought I was fine and I was not. Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, I think the other thing, too, is it can be really easy when you're a plus size person, especially to just sort of like get overwhelmed by it and then just buy shit and then later regret everything you bought, which was (laughs) not entirely what happened with me, but it was definitely part of my purchase I wish I could return and I can't. Yes. You know. The shorts are weird. The shorts are fucking weird. Why did I do that? So I have regrets about that. <laughs> I'm going to figure out how to make those shorts not be weird. I'm going to dye them or something. Yeah. But, um, you know, and so there's just things that I bought, I panic bought. Yeah. I was feeling like, oh, I don't know what to wear. I don't have anything to wear. I have nothing to wear. And then the thing I think was like, so that was one thing, like I was hangry when I was doing it. So I wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. I was already uncomfortable in that sense. And then I wasn't in a good mindset. And then I was like in this little dressing room trying stuff on and really just not feeling like it was made for me like at all and Mm -hmm. that it was something that I was having to make work and that's the feeling I didn't want to have like that's the feeling you should not have with lingerie shopping I do have a suggestion on it in hindsight okay I think like I was at a used store I was at plus the plus bus which is a great store in a place where you should like like they have lots of options for lots of different bodies right yeah and I did actually get that little leather or leather <laughs> leopard <laughs> we saw a lot of leather we saw a lot of leather, a little leather on the brain so much um I did get that leopard bodysuit that is fucking fantastic. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So it's not like, you know, this is not on the plus plus at all. This is really on like me and where I was at. And also I think that it's lingerie is something where like I got that leopard piece bodysuit used, um, still had tags on it, but yeah, um, that was fantastic. Otherwise I do think lingerie is one of those things that like, it's an investment, like yes. spend the money to get the thing that fits you the way that it's supposed to. Because if this is you really like wanting to step out and feel super sexy and feel really confident in yourself, like spend that's that's worth spending money on. Yes, I I fully agree. That's like the um the thistle inspire stuff that I buy. It's mm. fucking expensive, but mm-hmm. it makes me feel really cute. So oh, I do it. You looked so. Can we just talk about your outfit yesterday? The look. Ooh, it really can we hear a little like, commotion for the Medusa set? Yeah. A uh, killer set. Fucking Thistle Inspire. Please, Thistle Inspire, will you just sponsor the podcast? Because <laughs> they are pretty size. Like when it comes to lingerie, they're pretty size inclusive, mm, I think. What do they go, 3X? No, I think they, they, go, they go to 3X. It's not, I don't. It's I, not fully. It could be more. They could do more. Yeah. For sure. 
But there, you know, I think like I can't wear I can't wear a thistle and spire personally. Yeah. Like it doesn't fit me, and it definitely doesn't fit me on top. Like it doesn't. Yeah. Fit, none of it fits. So oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. So that's not that's not a universal thing. They're okay. not that size inclusive. But, All right, guys, don't buy them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying don't buy them. What I'm saying is like. I would love to see them expand a bit more. Like, that's really it. You know, Um, they have done things that are for bigger boobs. But this is that other thing, too, is like part of my um, my discomfort with shopping for this stuff is because I know because I know how hard it is to find shit for my for my chest. And so it is always this thing where I'm like trying to like cobble shit together. And, you know, I had one thing I was going to wear originally yesterday and how much tape did I go through just trying to make my tits stand up just even a little bit. That's true. Also though, I do love that Sherbert onesie. Yeah. I think it's great. It is great. No, it is great. It's just, it's, I think it's also like, there's different things at play here, right? Because there's also the fact that like, I don't want, I don't necessarily like things to just hang down all the way. Yeah. You know, and when you have larger breasts, that is a thing. And for most of us, and it there's, it's not even just that like visually, it's not my personal comfort. There are other people who are totally fine with that. Like yeah. Lizzo will rock, will walk around with no bra on and like more power to her. It's something that's still not comfortable as comfortable yeah. for me. But the other thing is like uh, boob sweat is real. <laughs> And when you, <laughs> that's a lot of skin to skin contact, yeah. you know, and like, these are just things that like people don't want to talk about, but like, it's real. And so I like to be able to have things sit up a little bit more. It's a little bit more comfortable for me. Yes. And, um, yeah, it just isn't. But so I, it was really interesting to like go through this thing, this thing that I don't personally do a lot of like I don't have I didn't have lingerie in my in my closet mm-hmm. and I, I'm and now I get to explore why that is yeah. you know now I get to think about okay what does that mean because I think of myself as being a sensual person mm-hmm. I'm de- you know I'm a human being so I'm a sensual person I'm a sexual person I'm all of those things I'm yeah. not like necessarily a shrinking violet but like I also think that as a person with large breasts and like a very like curvy body I've looked more in the past for ways to downplay that or to like work around it while still covering it versus like kind of letting it out and celebrating it yeah so now it's this really interesting thing where I'm like okay like I feel like some growth happened here was just a little uncomfortable yeah you know like that's just, but that's, those are, the, these are things that like also anybody who doesn't have large breasts or who like, I don't know, has more of a like straight size body or whatever. Like, I don't know that they understand what that means like to be, or like, I don't know if they understand that experience in the same way of like what it means to have a body that is naturally sexualized in that way. Yeah. But also, like, a body that is – that other people find disgusting at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. It, there is, like – it. it is – it's it's hard. Like, okay, for, like, one thing I – that when we were shopping and the Sherbert one had these little side tassels that I loved. And I've, like, grown to really love mm-hmm. my uh, side – I would call it a side – I guess side butt. Side roll. Side rolls. Uh-huh. And picking out – lingerie that ex- that accentuates it mm-hmm. so it does create more uh 
curviness and juiciness to it's like it. Like a right? side bustle. It's like almost. a side bustle, right? Yeah. And it's interesting. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool looking. So it took me a long time, but I embraced it and was like, I, I like this look, and it's a look that I like. Yeah. And I think that like I was trying to be like, no, this is really sexy. And yeah. You should do it. And and I don't think you were there yet. I wasn't or I yet. don't think that that might not that also just might not be something you're ever gonna find hot. I think about that, yourself. I think that there, where I was at was like there were like in the specific piece we're talking about, there were these little straps up the side that were for me. I all I could picture was like an Italian ham hanging on a, <laughs> you know, and so I was just like like the little fat rolls are sort of like spilling out yeah. of those, and that to me felt like this is a piece that is fighting against my body versus yeah. celebrating it. Whereas I know other fat women who would put that on and be like, hell yeah, rolls. Like, they love that. Yeah. It's not where my comfort level is. But that's the other thing is I love having those kinds of experiences because that's when you realize where the work is. Yeah. Right? Like, that's where you realize, like, okay, there's some there's a part of my body that I actually have been ignoring or downplaying or, yeah. like, whatevering um, that I could work on loving a little bit more. Yeah. And so I liked that. And I actually think, you know, by the time we went to the festival – I had gotten to a much different level of comfort with my body. Yeah. And so, you know, I, but yeah, it was really interesting to like have those moments. You seemed actually, I think it's like really fun to sort of witness other people's uh, relationships with their bodies because you were really like owning it. Yeah. You were like on a whole other level. Like it was it, it was pretty fun to watch because I felt like, you know, you were wearing this Medusa costume and I really felt like it looked like almost sometimes like the seas would part as you would walk through. <laughs> I don't know if it's because you were carrying a crop or. So I had a crop. I had this the Medusa outfit, which I've done in uh, my OnlyFans. I've I bet I guess it's been slowly the creation of this dominant character called Mistress uh Lana, mm-hmm. I think is what I've decided. And, um, you know, br- bringing out my secret goth kid that lives mm-hmm. deep inside me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had on this green wig that I really like, this ombre green wig that I've always like wanted to actually do to my hair. Um, and fishnets, which were, thank you for letting me use the fishnets. Mm-hmm. They were fucking fabulous. And just being out in basically underwear um that did not cover the whole of my vagina (laughs) it covered the whole of my vagina but not the whole of my vagina (laughs) you know i have a a wide i'm a wide landing strip so so that was interesting to be like my labia is definitely gonna fall out at some point but also everyone's labia might be out right now yeah um yeah you're in a welcome space for labias to hang out there wasn't that many nude nude uh i would say i'll say female presenting yeah people no there weren't a lot of nude people with vaginas yes and there weren't a lot of nude people with yeah no it's really true i think one of the things that that was uh i feel a little ignorant yeah you know i lived in san francisco for almost a decade like really it's like nine years and some change and never went to Folsom street fair when i lived in the bay but i no, I always knew that Folsom Street Fair was primarily for gay, you know, cis men or gay men mm-hmm. or gay. It's it's a queer event that is very like, I guess you would say masculine. I'm still working on the language around this, right? We're in a time of ch- changing how we talk about this stuff. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a queer space. 
but um, but 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 more gay cis. It's more, gay more cis. yeah, more cis gay. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or it's sort of like more gay cis gay centered. I guess yes. I would say right because it's it's hard because like there are obviously uh, a broad range of genders. <laughs> There. I just said a comparison to the Renaissance Fair again. Oh no, here she is. Here she. Yeah, Yo, you it's gotta like say when, it. Well, it's like when the Renaissance Fair started getting people doing like a Game of Thrones cosplay, <laughs> where you're yeah. like, okay, I guess you can be here. Yeah, yeah, but it's really inaccurate. I mean, you know, and I think that's that's. <laughs> Jenny. But now the Ren Fair has become like basically a second cosplay. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel like this had that element. Yes, definitely of like the cosplay community. A hundred percent coming into this queer, gay, masculine space. Right. Exactly. I'm actually really glad you said that because I did see some people and who fuck were in cosplayers. You guys ruin everything. Oh my god. That's so funny. You guys come in here with your fucking anime. You know <laughs> what's funny to me about that, actually this you reminded me of something I forgot about, which is that I definitely saw people who were cosplaying where it wasn't even like I'm not saying you gotta be sexy, yeah. but I was just like Oh, you just wanted to wear a costume yeah. today. You don't, you're just like, oh, are people dressing up? I'll be there yep. as Zelda, yep. you know? <laughs> but I will, I will put my dick in a cage. Um, yeah. yeah. It just like the minute you started talking about it, it's like, oh yeah, this is Renaissance yeah. Fair infiltration yeah. of a Hobbit guild. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's really like, yeah, it's yeah. like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings descending on it. And, and this is the thing. You and I, yeah. we were Game of Thrones. We were. We were totally Game of Thrones. We did yeah. go into this space, which, you know, over the years, I think has become, definitely become more inclusive. Yeah. But it's not meant for us. And I think that's the thing that I didn't fully realize until I was there. And I was like, I mean, there's obviously there's women there receiving pleasure. And I'm not going to say those women are or are not. I'm not going to say like, oh, they're not, they weren't receiving pleasure. That's not my place, right? But it it becomes very clear that it is so much about actually the male desire in that way. And so, you know, the cis male desire, the cis male experience and cis male pleasure. And mm-hmm. it, it just is a different vibe. And I'm, I'm still unpacking like even the language. So if, I apologize to anybody listening if we're sort of stumbling through this imperfectly uh, on the gender thing. I think there's just something like, you know, I've talked a lot in the past about um, my experience of working with uh, pole dance, pole fitness or, well, it's not pole fitness, but like um, they call it feminine movement and feminine embodiment and working with this organization, um, having a very different understanding of the fluidity of femininity and like what that can mean. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a woman who's, who's, experiencing that right like any any gender can but yeah um it is such a different energy in a space like that versus the space that we were into yesterday yeah and i'm i'm still processing really like what those differences are i feel like i feel like so we went we went with a group right yep. with this group i i also kind of took pleasure in and being with another group that 
are so sexual. Like, we know them. They're very sexually open, right? And I Mm -hmm. think I also enjoyed the sexual openness of it, which I like, like, you know, regardless of uh, whatever you're presenting as. But there is, like, this open sexuality to it that Mm -hmm. I did enjoy. There was just kind of, like, uh, a feeling of just, like, old friends gathering. Yeah. Which was kind of nice. But then it also, too, had the trappings of, like, waiting half an hour for a slice of pizza. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was yeah. insane. Yeah. And yeah. and just, like, getting to the same kind of, like, like getting tired at any street. It's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, the level of exhaustion I felt after four hours was the same level I would have felt at the state fair. Right. Yeah. Or for like sure. at any, like any other event. And, and then you're just like, I think the, the, for me, like the, uh, the magic of it kind of wore off yeah. like after three or four hours. Uh-huh. And cause I was like, this is the experience I felt of like, Again, I feel very sexy. I feel very mm. beautiful. I feel very empowered. I'm this dominant character. I'm like out here and people want to take pictures. And then also I get recognized twice. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> you're so famous. Someone did say you're my favorite comedian. Oh, I didn't hear her say that part. So when we went to the back room with the cat club, yeah. this girl was like, oh my God, are you? Jenny Zagrino? She mm. said Zagrano or some shit. What a dumb bitch. No. <laughs> no, we love Very nice. Her. Thank you. But she uh, was like, Jenny Zag- are you Jenny Zagrino? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I am. And I'm saying that with a face of like, oh, no. <laughs> Someone <laughs> recognized me. Um, and then, yeah, and then she was telling their her friends that she liked me. And we took a photo. <laughs> She's like, can I take it? I was like, sure, just don't post it. Yeah. Like post it from like chest up yeah um even though you know some other stuff happened with posting which again this is the thing with social media is like you gotta wear a sign that's just like don't post yeah don't post a picture of me right right um and uh you know and then i got recognized by like my cousin's friend who had seen me perform in london it was really weird (laughs) but um tell my cousin i'm wearing (laughs) show her my butt crack um, but then there was this kind of, it was almost like this quiet moment of like, yeah, none of this is for me. Yeah. I don't get, re- I don't really get to partake in this because yeah. I am a straight woman mm-hmm. in this space and I, I, A, I can't tell also, Jenny, who would be into me. Like, I can't tell uh-huh. if any fucking would happen. That's true. Yeah. I'm that just like, I'm like, going to assume everyone, no one wants me here and they're just going to congratulate me on being like a brave fat woman. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Exactly that. And, no, there were so many attractive men. There I saw so yesterday many where I was like, men. oh, and then I was like, every single one, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, can't tell. I don't know. But then, yeah, and then you're just like, okay, I'm ready to like go. Yeah. I'm ready to go back now. Yeah. And like, it was, it was definitely fun. I'm going to say it was fun and I had a great time and it was really fun to see these different fetishes and communities coming together. Mm-hmm. Um. But then, yeah, it's just like, it's just honestly was like, you watch porn too much. You just like, are like, I, get was, overwhelmed and desensitized. I think that's the thing is like, I wasn't, all the things that, I'll tell you what shocked me. The things that shocked me yesterday. Okay. None of them <laughs> were any of the nothing things. Shocked nothing me. shocked me. No, none of them were things that 
anybody else would, everybody else was like, oh, you're going to see a guy get fisted. And I actually, I didn't see that. I think it was probably inside clips where the, those yes. kind of things are happening now. Yeah. Because um, it, as we learned from my friend, like, of course, sex acts are outlawed on the street in San Francisco. But like, you know, 10 years ago, everybody talks about how, oh, 10 years ago, 25 years ago, Folsom Street Fair was totally different. It really was a lot of that. Yeah. Um, now it's pretty tame. It feels, it. this is the, okay, this is the thing is that Folsom Street Fair is, it does actually feel more like a street fair than one would expect. Yeah. But it's not necessarily, like, you understand, like, it's not necessarily meant to be that. And so I think that's the thing that, that's where I feel ignorant is, like, for the last 10 years, I, or more than that now, um, I've known about Folsom Street Fair but all I ever heard were the things of like, oh, you're going to see a lot of things and you yeah. know, whatever. And then going and experiencing, I was like, how come not a single person said, by the way, this isn't for you. And yeah. and that so that was one thing where I was like, oh, I feel like a dum-dum. Like, of course, it's really for gay men. And I, yeah. and, but it's also like I could say t- I could blame other people for never making that understood. But I think the other thing is, like, I also could have read up the history on it, which I did this morning. Yeah. So I read up on the history of it, and I was like, and I'll get into that in a second, but I I was like, oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. However, I think that, like, the things that did shock me were things like, there was a guy walking around, there was a person walking around in, like, a great leather costume and, or outfit, and um, on stilts. Okay. I was extremely uncomfortable with this person walking around in stilts. I was like, you're going to (laughs) fall. These roads are not smooth. You could hit a little, like I hit a little pebble and I go down. I just like was so worried about this person falling. (laughs) I just, I just was so uncomfortable with it. I was like, I cannot even know that they're here. Yeah. Like I just, I was so worried they were going to fall and hurt themselves. Um, That was a big one. That was a big one for me. Yeah. That was, was really your big, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Um, I was uncomfortable with the people who were wearing costumes where I was like, that's not sexy. You just wanted to wear a costume. Yeah. Um, and and that wasn't like shocking. It was just sort of more like, I don't know. I was like, huh, okay. But then at the, here's the other side of that is like, I don't know what they're into. Maybe they're that's their kink. Like you could say that somebody who's wearing a furry, like I know that furry is like a kink world. And so I'm like, I see somebody in a furry costume and I immediately am like, oh, yeah, you know, that's their thing. I don't, but I judge the person dressed as Legends of Zelda or Princess Peach, you know, like why, you know, yeah. like maybe that's their kink, right? Um, it's just, there's a lot to explore. And I, and I like that. I think that there was just a point in the day where I really, as an extrovert, like I'm, so, I'm a person who like, gets all of this energy from being around other people and yeah. there was literally just a moment while we were at the cat club right it, i it was like i felt someone just turn the volume knob all the way to off yeah. and i was just done and that's something that happens to me extremely rarely <laughs> like, yeah i uh, the energy was not there <laughs> yeah because i feel like there is like this palpable sexual energy which it should be and it should be yeah. but again for it's like it had nowhere to go inside of me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It had nowhere to go inside of me. And there was plenty of people who were, you know, getting it out. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, good. Fucking good. Get it out. Also, too, <laughs> there is like, it just was like interesting to see just like these gatherings 
of people in like leather, just like, you know, mm-hmm. dicks out shooting the shit. It's just like not mm-hmm. a big deal, which I would love that in yeah. in our modern day society of just like people expressively like I mean I'm not saying that like yeah. I want to ride the train uh-huh. and see a naked person in no, leather like I don't sure. want to do that but it was just so nice to be like oh this is just nothing is really shocking everything's no. kind of widely accepted um and there is like definitely such a great consent vibe that was on the street again mm-hmm. don't know what's going on in the clubs right sure but on the street it was just like very consensual I agree yeah and so that that I really I really liked about it. I, I wonder, I wonder, like, we'll get into the history of it, but, like, is it something that, ju- does it the same way that, like, um, you know, like, queer and these communities have become more mainstream, which I, you know, is better than having to stay underground, mm-hmm. is it just kind of the same evolution mm-hmm. that these spaces go through? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, I think we, this is where it's really interesting, and I've been thinking about it a lot this morning, is, like, what does it mean to enter into somebody else's, like, quote-unquote safe space? Yeah. You know, and um, we were having a conversation yesterday, last night, with these two lovely men we met, yeah. who we are definitely going to have on the podcast. So, uh, just to give a back- background, we went to the comedy club, there are these two, um, uh, gay men they're a couple they've been a couple for 30 years um you know and they are royalty at the punchline they are they have the most amazing lives they literally have a plaque yes where they they have their own seats at the punchline yes they are epic and you know they're you know they're boomers right yeah they're like baby boomer gays and after the after the fair both Kat and I were kind of like we're just like fetished out yeah, like that's I, it. It's like I just like I can't I can't deal with a fetish. Like I just yeah, I want like I need to go to like watch a, a sports ball. Right, like, right. I need to go watch some dudes play beer pong and be bored. It was yeah, like I don't. Like, I need to go be. I need to go be monologued at by a guy <laughs> for a little bit. I need some guy to go up on stage and talk about cancel culture. I, I love that was my favorite thing. <laughs> Jenny said that yesterday, and I was like, oh, my God, it's true. Yeah, it's just like, I just need to level out. But so we met them, and, you know, they're old school gays, and we're kind of talking about the fair and about these spaces and about when the gay community was a community because it, it, like, that was all you had. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what's in so the thing that is really interesting, by the way, is there are two founders of Folsom Street Fair, or two people who are credited as being the founders of Folsom Street Fair, and one of them is a woman. Okay. So I thought that was really interesting, but um, you know, I think like talking to Jerry, one of the two guys who you were just talking about, he was ta- he, you know, we he because I used to live in the Bay Area and I know a lot of the um, bars in the queer scene. Uh, I was like, okay, so what's still open? Like the stud is the stud. Oh, okay. The stud's not open anymore. I used to catch some of the best, like grittiest, grossest, amazing, beautiful, tacky, great, grody drag shows at the stud. Um, And then I was like, what about the Eagle? Okay. The Eagle is, the Eagle had closed at one point. We were getting to the history of it. And he's like, yeah, you know, the Eagle is like. Like, it used to really be a leather bar, and now it's just a place where people wear leather. 
And I was like, or a place where people who wear leather go or something yeah. like that. And I was like, oh, what an interesting distinction. And he goes, listen, it's because there's no, because now there's women in the bars. And we had this whole conversation about, okay, first of all, in San Francisco, for anybody who doesn't know, um, there used to be lesbian bars, of course, and there are not Mm -hmm. anymore. Like the most, there was the Lion, there was the Lex, and when the Lex closed down, it was like, that's it. There's no more lesbian bars that are like really those designated spaces. And so what happens then, of course, is like you've got women and um, people who are not like into the leather scene in the same way or who are not leather daddies quote unquote who are now showing up in the spaces where they wouldn't have otherwise maybe you know but the thing that was so interesting was talking about the distinction of having a space that is your own you know and so this is not like I think it the thing that's really important is like neither one of us in the conversation about Folsom are like quote unquote yucking anyone's yum. Yeah. Which by the way, I do hate that phrase. I love it. I don't like the word yum. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't like it. But um, you know, like having those safe spaces are so important. And so on the one hand, I feel like I took away a lot of knowledge from yesterday. Mm-hmm. I also feel like I was a taker rather than a giver to that space. Like, I don't feel like coming into Folsom Street Fair, I felt like I was an observer and I was a, um, but I don't know that I was as much of a participant. I don't know. Like, I just am sort of like thinking about the exchange that happens in us in a space like that. Yeah. And how, because it was my first time, because I didn't really, I didn't do my homework as much as I should have. I was really thinking of it more as like this kink fest than I was thinking of it as someone else's space. Yeah. I went into it with the wrong mentality. And so yeah, but that's... I, but it is kind of a kink fest now. That's the thing is it's yeah. it's morphed into that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I You know, but like at the same time, it's like, again, it is someone else's space. And this, I guess this is a good spot to get into the history of it yeah. too. So a few things I learned. One. Um, Soma as a space has had, um, a, a really interesting history in San Francisco as a neighborhood because world war, we're going all the way back to world war two. Yeah. So there were all these men after world war two who were expelled from mis- from the military for being gay. And that's called, they were blue carded, I think is the phrase that was used. Okay. And so you've got all these men who were expelled from the military You've got poverty as a result of that. You've got people who are all sort of like assembled now in this neighborhood and they're also fighting poverty. So there's like, um, I'm going to pull up the name of it real quick because it's, there was an organization that was formed called SUR. That's really, really important. And I knew about SUR. It's the Society for Individual Rights. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, this is a quote from sftravel.com actually. Um, so SUR was a really important organization, a queer organization that was formed, um, is the largest queer organization uh, ever formed to work on protecting the neighborhood's residents, particularly those who were facing poverty. Okay. And so there's a lot at play here that I didn't know, even in the history of like all of the leather bars, all of the gay bars, all of all of that happening right there is actually also tied to what's going on in the structure of oppression in yeah. the time, um, both financially, um, in terms of gender, in terms of um, queer identity, everything. So 
Um, it's there's a lot of re- resistance built into the movement and the history of this neighborhood. And then you've got, which I love, like, yeah, that's what makes San. Those are the things that make San Francisco great is that um, mentality. And then you get into uh, Kathleen Connell and Michael Valerio, who are the uh, they were working with activist groups like Sir mm-hmm. um, in 1980. And they held their first Folsom Street Fort in 84, the year I was born. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's like, you know, but they started working on it in 1980. So Folsom Street Fair is 38 years old. And so this year would be 38 years. Yeah. Because my birthday's in two weeks. And then, so I know the math <laughs> on that. But then it's actually like 40 year, 40 plus years yeah. in the making. Um, But like, it was really... That's the thing that's so interesting about it is that the original name of Folsom Street Fair was Megahood. 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 And the major goal among many was to establish the neighborhood not as a blighted area in need of rebuilding, but an already thriving community. Okay. So it was like, try. it was almost like it was like trying to, like this is before we probably really had language for things like gentrification, but it was like trying to stave off gentrification of their neighborhood so you look at that like it's so interesting to look at like what we saw yesterday and then also look at like the history behind so it's like it didn't even start off as like a sexual fetish thing it was just but it did because that's the thing you know the the other thing too that's really interesting about the history of Folsom Street Fair yeah and this is again why it's like this is not our space yeah is this is happening it's 1984 what else was happening in the 80s in the gay community? Yeah, AIDS. The AIDS crisis. Yeah. Exactly. So another major component of the fair was was support for the LGBT community in the throes of the AIDS crisis. Yeah. And so you've got, it was, you know, really successful. Then they, they so they did the first Folsom Street Fair. Then they created the Up Your Alley Fair. Okay. Which is fucking great. Um, that was a year later that actually, if you've heard of people, t- if you heard people talking yesterday about Dory Alley, yeah. that's, it moved to Dory Alley, but it was originally on Ringgold street. Okay. Another little side street. Um, so yeah, a lot of this was also for fundraising to combat the AIDS epidemic. It was for, for research and everything. And so, um, this is a big deal, too, because this is at the time where because of the AIDS crisis in particular, I mean, really is because of homophobia. Yeah. But the AIDS crisis fueled it. Then the city is shutting down gay bathhouses and gay clubs and all of this stuff. And so um, there was all these worries about public health. And so this is a this is an event that is sex positive and specifically gay sex positive. Yeah. Where people can also get health support. OK. So like that's. That's the shit that is so important with this. And again, why I'm like, I'm a dummy for not doing my homework before going to this. I thought I knew because I lived in the area. You know, it's just one of those things. You just are like, I already know all this. And I have all these friends. And I I go to, I've been to a lot of these places before. And then being like, I don't know shit. (laughs) I don't know shit. You know? So I don't know. It's just really interesting. Like, it gave me a... A reminder of like why it's so important when you enter any kind of space that is a little bit different from your own that you should do your homework. You should 
know really what you're getting into and not I mean I spent all this time thinking about like what my outfit was gonna be yeah and not enough really thinking about and like what my comfort level would be in terms of like what I might let someone else do to my body or what I might allow myself to experience yeah um and I did not think about the community I was entering into and that was I guess that's kind of that's kind of like some white lady shit huh (laughs) I mean I think I think it is but I also question like that what what would you have done having known that yeah I mean it's a great question it is it is a question too of like okay you know it it is a space for the queer community and then at the same time if you open your doors you can also normalize things yeah in a way right so it's like this double-edged sword of like it is our space Mm -hmm. and then also opening this space allows understanding of the space Mm -hmm. and allows understanding of the community and allows i mean i guess obviously yesterday i did not see a lot of the history of Folsom on the streets and i would i would wonder if the younger community would know the history right in the same way right um but it is that it's that kind of like double-edged sword of like okay it is now clearly a space that is open to Mm -hmm. everybody they've Mm -hmm. become like we're here for everybody and and this and then how much do you want to uh participate in that yeah how much do you feel comfortable participating in that right right well I think what's so interesting is like that history was actually really present but nobody was like I don't oh I shouldn't say nobody but like I I don't I I would suspect that a lot of people are not aware of it right yeah like it was there in the sense that there were public health workers handing out free um COVID COVID tests tests. they were inoculating for monkeypox yeah there was that stuff, and then it did make me very sad. I heard a story of someone mm. who, uh, you know, um, was very flippant about monkeypox. Right. We'll just say that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think that that's, that is a thing, too, that I was thinking. I was like, you know, if that – and we, we talked about this yesterday about as time goes on, you know, in any community, like with feminism, Mm -hmm. with the gay community, is you have these older, you know, feminists. We'll just say, we'll just say, we'll stick with feminism. We'll Mm -hmm. have the older feminists who fought so hard Mm -hmm. for the things that we now take for granted. Right. 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 And it's like, they are still the time capsules of those things. And they're like, I remember, uh, you know, when we couldn't get a credit card and you're here complaining that like um you know women be shopping i don't know right. whatever it is right. and you're just like what like why are you being it's almost like it's a it's such a self-hating weird thing yeah where it's like i feel like for that person if he had understood the the you know the gravity of what the aids crisis mm-hmm. was while you're in it mm-hmm. right then maybe not. Maybe he wouldn't maybe, have been so flippant about it. Maybe he's just too selfish. He might be. A, he might be a fucking selfish asshole. You know, the thing is, like, being a selfish asshole uh, has no gender and no sexuality. No, and <laughs> you know what? Our culture fucking loves a selfish asshole. It oh really my god, does. we love a selfish asshole. We love a narcissist no. so much. Um, Do we say that, or is it just that we live in LA? You know? <laughs> no, I think. I think. I mean, just look kidding. at. Well, I mean, look at Trump, right? Right. He's the biggest narcissist no in the whole country. Not the whole country. Uh, fucking, literally thirty percent less than the majority because no one voted and yeah. uh, everything was step. Not even the majority of people support. Anyways, yeah, you guys get it. Um, I don't know. I felt like. I guess on on one hand, I do feel that like okay obviously this space wasn't for me mm-hmm. but i also did feel that like maybe this this space has just evolved sure 
And that's like, you I know. I mean, the way we talk about gender identity and uh, just gender in general is very different than it would have been when yeah. um, Folsom began, right? So yeah. there's something to that for sure. Like maybe Folsom would not have even thought of trans people as like the original founders. You know, Do you know what I, I mean? Like, no, Yeah, I have no idea. It's like that that community has changed so much mm-hmm. and and just like our like the queer community coming up of like Gen Z and even before, mm-hmm. I think is gonna be so different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's also for them to to deal with. Yeah. You know, their, like I'm their, their I'm standing on the outside being like, give me your bisexual. <laughs> just give it like if you don't want them, I'll take them. Come here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it just was like a really, it was a reminder. There's a, this is the other thing that's at play that's so interesting is like, it wasn't altogether bad. It was just like, it was overwhelming to the senses, but not in the way that everybody else, everybody usually talks about it. Yeah. Because everybody always talks about it from like, you're going to see some really shocking shit. And I'm like, uh, I mean, I have Pornhub. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I don't have, por- I have internet access, right? Like, yeah, it was just, I can, what was more shocking was like, I, I I like it's gonna take me forever to get across the street. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, it's gonna take me so long to just get from point A to point B. I, think, I just want pizza. Right, exactly. I think like that's exactly it. It's like I think what was more, it wasn't shocking, but it was um the one area where I can say with critique, even as an outsider, is that I would love to see evolution for not just Folsom Street Fur, but any of these kinds of events that are um, more uh, disabled friendly. Yes. And I did see a lot of people in, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but I saw I saw um, a good number of people in wheelchairs with crutches or with different, various different, or canes or whatever, like people who were out um, enjoying a kink fest uh, yeah. who have disability. But I also think that... Um, there were a lot of ways in which I was like, oh, this is not safe at all for people yeah. with disabilities. I mean, really, just in so many ways. And so that, I think, and that's partly because of the crowds. And again, you look at those kinds of things, you say, well, uh, if we, you know, there's there's some ways in which I should and shouldn't talk about these things. But I, I do think in that, in that sense, I should. Like, yeah. it's okay because there is this sense that, like, Everybody should feel. That's an organizer issue. That's, that's not a community issue. issue. That's the organizers yeah. aren't thinking about yeah. disabled folks. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's a real thing. And I think the other thing that's tricky about a space like this is that you do have people who are also, um, because they're there for the seeking of pleasure and of giving pleasure and of kink. Like you're going to have people who are also very much like fetishizing yes. disabled bodies. And there's some, some people like it too. And some people like it. Right. And so, but yeah, so there's this, but, and so there's, there's some things that I witnessed or heard about or whatever, where I'm like, okay, there's, there's, there could be more work done there, but that's yeah. also like the community. There's more work to be done. Yeah. That's just like in the world society. Yeah. You know? I think some of the stuff too, that we're talking about is like, it's so individually based. Yes. Right? Because some people in, you know, whatever community, like, there are plenty of feminists who are like, it's, everything's fine right yeah. now. And there are some that hate the younger feminists and some that hate the older feminists, right? Like, right. So it's like, it's so individually based. It's hard to talk about it as, like, fully as a community, especially as a community that, again, I'm on the sideline, tertiary, like, yeah. what's up, maybe, like, now kind of, like, 
embracing it more, but I'm not full, I'm not fully there yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm definitely embracing a more queer side of me, but I'm not, I would not sit here and call myself queer. Yeah. I still, I, I thought it was really interesting that earlier in this episode, you, you referred to yourself as straight. And I know that like, I know how you date. And so it's really interesting. I know, you know, like your interests and I'm like, huh, I mean, to somebody else that who dates exactly the same way that you do, they could, they would easily, they might easily identify as queer. Yeah. But you're still identifying as straight, which I think is really interesting. Well, because I want to date, I only want to be emotionally involved with men. Mm -hmm. I want to date men. Uh, I love Dick (laughs) incredibly, but at the same time, a tran- I consider a trans man a man, mm-hmm. so and they usually are sans dick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where does that put me? Or in the context of like, I think I'm pretty open sexually to where what? <laughs> I smell like coffee. Oh no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's my sexuality type. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, yeah, we're like, um, if I was in a sex party situation yeah which sounds fun i would i would go down on a girl i would do whatever i'd make out with a girl uh or a girl identifying like it doesn't bother me or you know somebody doesn't identify as anything i would date a non-binary person Mm -hmm. i would date someone i just like a beard and i like you know i like male attributes right so i guess calling myself queer to me is like feels like, like an overreach yeah I mean, so I'm just like, I'm straight, but fun. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, and I think that's why there are people who identify as um, heteroflexible. Yeah, I would say I'm heteroflexible. Yeah. Which, yeah, I think, but even that, I mean, still feels more like, like I'm searching for, you know, the other side and I'm not, like, if it falls in my lap, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. But it is, you know. There, like, I would not be involved in like an all female orgy. Oh, okay. yeah. If well, there is like a, you know, then I'll cancel your invite. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they just, I would, if they wanted me to film it for them, if they wanted right. me to like do commentary, I'd be like, sure, I'm around. <laughs> but like, I derive do commentary. Uh, yeah, they and me to do we are scissoring to the left. <laughs> we got a, we got a dildo situation. Ooh, to look strap at that on finger action. Oh, she's really massaging that one. Okay. Where? That one looks grumpy. <laughs> that one cannot find the clit. Will she find the clit? I don't think she will. <laughs> Not with that reach. Oh um, my gosh. But uh, yeah, so, yeah, so I guess, yeah, so that's, I know that you identify as queer. I, you know, I'm still trying to figure, I've identified as different things at different times because I felt, I've always felt like the language is still a little imperfect for my situation. And I, I also am like, it's funny because I don't I, – I will sometimes say, like, I, I'm I'm queer. But, like, the way that I'll say it is not even, like, I'm queer. What I'll say is, like, I'm somewhere in there. Yeah. I'm in that alphabet somewhere. Yeah. Because I don't know. Because I've been, like, a failed gay. Like, I can't – or, like, a failed queer in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, I've tried to date women and I've been, like, I'm so much in my own head about it being, like, a newbie to it. And so I'm, like, I need a guide. I need a tour guide. You know what I mean? Like, I need somebody who's, yeah. like, willing to be patient with me while I'm, like, I never 
never done this before, you know? I, I don't think people, I don't think at least at our age, there are a lot of people who want to hang out with baby queers. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. Is I'm like, well, I'm 38. Like, or I'm, wow, I just already gave myself wow. a thing. I'm 37. Um, <laughs> for two more fucking weeks. I'm 37. Like, I, do, I haven't done it. I would. It just didn't happen because I was in a relationship for 13 years. Like, yeah. I, um, I don't know. And so I think that's okay. So there's a couple of things that are at play for me is my, like, if I were to go back to Folsom street fair again, or something like it, I think something like it, there's two things I realized that I would like to explore more. Okay. One was when men on the street would come up and comment about me, if I wasn't attracted to them. I would love to role play a little bit more of the brat, princess brat. Yes. Yes. Which also your, your, let's just get fashion for a minute. Your yeah. outfit was so beautiful. And so like, Aww. you are a princess brat. I am a princess it brat. It was great. I was just like, yeah, this is it. This yeah. This is it. All I needed was like a lollipop. Yeah. And people loved your outfit. I really wanted to, I brought some color. I was all in all pink and red. Yeah. It was a nice mix. It was a nice to get away from the black leather yeah um vibe and it was a very like a cute yeah to have like basically a cute princess vibe to yeah it. i was like perfect and like a little bratty and great and yeah. that's the thing is that like there was one man though who made me uncomfortable the way that he like he stopped you were you witnessed it he stopped me on the street to tell me that i was beautiful but the way that he did it with just it's something about his whole energy just felt like he the way he looked me in the eyes the way yeah. everything was like un, i felt uncomfortable and in that moment i just went thank you and then kept walking but like I really enjoyed the power that I felt in the moment in that outfit, in that space to just be kind of like a little bratty in my response yeah, and move on because I feel like so often when men do approach me on the street where for whatever reason, I don't feel comfortable, like just their energy is off or whatever. Like they looking at me like a steak, you know, <laughs> yeah. like being able to have that moment and feel like. I'm in a space where something's wrong with you if you don't like my response to that. Yes. Was incredibly empowering. And I'd love to explore that a little bit more in that sense. Yeah. Um, The other thing was that like if I was going to go to something like that again, I think I would want to... I First of all, other than like doing my research and all that, I would like want to get into the headspace of my own understanding of pleasure before I walk in. Yeah. Because the way that everybody who's ever talked to me about it has talked about it is in about what you'll see. I didn't think, I feel like because there was so much about that, I didn't get to think about what I would give and receive. Mm-hmm. And that's a really interesting, like, it's a, it's a festival. And so you usually like, you go to a festival, you're like, I put on an outfit, I go see a band play, I eat a hot dog on a stick or like whatever the fuck. And then I go home. This is not that. Yeah. And so I think that there is this opportunity to like, really think about these things a little bit more intentionally of like, what's my intentionality going into this? Yeah. Am I just going as an observer? Am I just going as a... Um, do I want to participate and what does that participation look like and what do I want to give and what do I want to receive? Yeah. I think like it's, I will forgive myself in the sense that like, it's my first time going to this. Like, I don't really know those things yet. This is what I've learned. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, I, so I'm not ruling out the possibility of going to some sort of like kink event again. Yeah. I just want to be way more mindful and thoughtful and intentional about it next time. Yeah. I think I would go to another kink event. I don't know if I would go to this one again. Yeah. Not, again, it's very selfish reasons, right? I'm a dominant. I'm fucking, yeah. I'm going to do what I want. And like, um, that again, it's just like, it's fun, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to, at the end of the day, get the pleasure that I want from it. Right. 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 So I would rather go to a kink event where I know that I would get some. Mm-hmm. But the problem is straight men in those scenarios tend to be unsafe. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. A straight, I'm just going to say it, like a straight dominant man mm-hmm. are not, they they feel very unsafe to me. Yeah. I've had experiences. I've been, had things happen. And like, I f- tend to think that the men who are like, I'm a dom are just dudes who don't like consent, mm-hmm. who want to call you a slut without consent, and, mm-hmm. like, just want to be shitty. And I yeah. just don't trust them, and that's the problem. Yeah, so that's, like, a thing to work on. And this is the thing is, like, it's not necessarily, like, a thing for you to work on. It's more, like, a thing of, like, what does it look like when you feel safe? Yeah. And what environment needs to be present and for you. Unfortunately, straight men are not the place to go feel know, safe around. They're just not. Love them. Yeah. But uh, they're just not the ones to feel safe around. I they definitely, aren't. I would say like in my experience, without getting too detailed, like my experiences, mostly like anytime there has been any of that sort of like power exchange, it is, I feel way safer with bisexual men. Yes. Way safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the, um, I always say it like it's like I feel less like a stake with yeah. them. I feel like I'm there. Well, I think they've also dealt with other masculine yeah, people. So. And so they are hyper aware of their effect yeah. on you. Right. Um, versus a guy who's just been like, this is just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm dominant. I'm going to like to do this thing. And you're like. Okay, like, what does that actually mean? Yeah. I'm going to call you a slut. Okay, that's not what I want. So are you going to do what right. I want? Or is this just about your pleasure right. as a dominant male? Because that's right. what it feels like. It's just about your pleasure. Mm-hmm. I'm just here. I'm just here. I'm an, Yeah, I'm an observer. And if you've asked for consent, even if they ask for consent, which they should, always should, like yeah. even, that still doesn't mean, I think that like just asking for consent is like the first step. That's the 101 of that shit. That's yeah. actually even before 101. The 101 then is like, can you treat the the person who you are giving and receiving pleasure from and with as a human being? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, can you, or like, can you see, even if you're like role playing, whatever, like, can you still understand that they are like, are they still present in the room or is it really about your pleasure? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that too, there does get that exchange. There's that exchange. And then also too, so I'm, you know, of course, obviously I love consent. <laughs> this is the mm-hmm. podcast. I finally come out. I hate consent. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. stupid, but, um, oh, no. you know, uh, having like my last partner be very submissive, right? Mm-hmm. And me trying to fill that dominant role. It is hard when you are like, I'm going to fill, especially as a woman, I'm going to fill this role that is normally mm-hmm. male dominant mm-hmm. role. I need consent mm-hmm. to do the things that you want because I need to feel safe to right. do them, right? Right. But 
there can be that thing with your other partner who's like, even the act of giving that safety to them can feel too much like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know? So it's like, I think with the last person I was with, that was a huge thing where I was like, I'm so willing to do the things that you want, mm-hmm. but I need verbal consent. I need consent that like, you want it and you want it from me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> it's, you know, we were joking yesterday. It's like, ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to, Beat the shit out of you if you want me to. Is that okay? Is it okay if I do that? <laughs> did I did I, uh, did I hit you too hard with my crap? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tell me, is this like a like it's like a massage table situation? You're like, is this? Do you want it like a low, a medium, yeah. or a high? Like, <laughs> do you want me to call your penis a tiny or like super fucking small? Like, what do you want? What are the yeah. words you like to hear? Yeah. When you want me to talk about your tiny stupid fucking dick? I don't know what you want. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, and this is the thing is like, I think sex can be funny in this way. All of this stuff can be funny. And so I think it's actually okay to laugh about it. I would have liked to see more humor at Folsom, mm. I think, too. That, because I'm such a, sex is fun, is funny to me. And yeah. sex is fun. And sometimes I feel like those communities can really lack the fun part of it. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm like, it would be fun. It, it's, I wish there was like some kind of like humor kink. I think that there was humor. I mean, there was like, how many t-shirts did we see yesterday? There were some really great t-shirts. Sorry about your hole. Sorry about your hole. Um, <laughs> don't bully me. I'll come. Yeah. Which is a great one. one. That was a good one. Yeah. Oh my God. I have thought about that shirt at least a hundred times today. <laughs> um, it's so funny. I was like, there's layers to that one. You know? Yep. Uh, there was um, the Patrick, the starfish as like Oh my a, God. Yes. Like leather daddy vibe. It was. It was. Yeah. There were some really good shirts there. Kermit and a gimp mask. Kermit and a gimp mask. Oh, that Loved was so it. good. Yeah. So so yeah. I guess there was like some humor, but yeah. You know, I guess some people don't like humor. Some people don't want that. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like this is so. It's so funny because there is this. You. That's the thing that makes the kink community or space so interesting and. Um, always evolving and always changing though too is that you've got like okay so for example there's 40 yeah. i read that like upwards of 40,000 people go to Folsom Street Fair every year damn so and also there's like other festivals there's one in New York there's one in Toronto Berlin and, and then the Berlin one is the one and that was so like Jerry was saying to us yesterday like Berlin is where it's really truly like the they have not lost the understanding that this is a gay male event yeah and so i thought that was really interesting but um the thing that – oh, fuck. Did I lose my train of thought? Oh, the thing that <laughs> – so much. It's so overwhelming. The thing that I think was, is, like, really cool is just the fact that you've got people who go to an event like this who are all about it evolving. And then you've got people who are like, no, this needs to really, like, hang on to what it has always been. And, like, the history is really important and all of that. And both of those people can be right. Yes. And I think also there you've got things where like there's people who feel like something like Folsom Street Fair is an expression of we're out in the open motherfuckers. Like this is not we are making all of these things safe and not taboo. And we're like, you know, sex doesn't need to be a taboo and kink doesn't need to be a taboo and you don't need to feel weird about this or whatever. And then you've got people who are there who are like, no, the taboo is the sexy part for me. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. So don't change that, right? Yeah. So, and, and both of those people are right, too. Like, but you know, yeah. everybody get can get – technically, I do think that, like, there is a space for almost everybody to get their needs met. Yeah. But you have to be intentional about it. 
Yeah. And you have to like, and, and also understand that like it, even then it still might not be your place. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I don't know if, even if it's not, I don't know. I feel like, uh, it kind of does, I, I guess kind of gets into the argument with, of that, not argument, but the thought we had earlier, where I was like, I totally think people should have their own spaces. Mm-hmm. It's just as your space controlling other people's spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So like if you are, you know, this is a, a, a you know, a place for people with uteruses mm-hmm. to gather, right? Mm-hmm. Is your space harming another person's space? Right. So like how, you know, many male spaces tend to harm <laughs> other people's faces yeah i don't know i don't know that Folsom harms other people's i, I don't, don't think I, it does I, okay yeah I was no like, no, no I i'm just i'm just saying that. like in the grand general thing sure. of like of like so it's like i'm yes everyone should like be able to feel safe around mm-hmm. their tribe and their community and that's great but it's just like again is your tribe uh, again, mostly white men, we, Freemasons, religion, uh, that yeah, are sure. harming well, also, other like, people's spaces. Can I just do a gentle, like, can we move away from the word tribe with this, too? Yeah. Because, yeah, just especially for this space. But, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, I think, like, this is one of those things where I I agree. Like, I think that there's – it's, it's tricky because I feel like also as myself being, like, a cis and then – uh, I'll say het presenting yes. for now because big question mark, right? Yeah. We're still figuring it out. Um, uh, as far as my sexuality, I think I feel like, again, it's one of those things where it's like kind of like not my space to comment. Yeah. But what I do wish. This entire podcast has been about us commenting I know. Well, no, I mean, I mean more like not my space to comment on like. What they do with what the space. What they do with the space. I what I what I think did come out of it for me though is a yeah. real desire to see more events like this. Mm-hmm. And maybe they exist and I just need to find them of that are that have a little bit a vibe that feels a little bit safer to me, that feels a little bit more comfortable to me. And I didn't feel unsafe. I just didn't feel like it's that it's that sense of safe space. It it didn't it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I think, and that's okay. Um, but I would love to find the thing that is. Yeah. And it's all a journey, exploring, unexploring the things, the spaces that you do like and you mm-hmm. do feel comfortable. Like, yeah, definitely for me, I was like, this isn't a lifestyle thing for me. Yeah. This is a fun thing that yeah. sometimes I'll do. This yes. is not lifestyle. Yes. And for a lot of people who are there, it it's is. It's lifestyle. Exactly. And I love and I love that we discovered that. Like, I love that we learned that and that that's a takeaway because I think that's important. I agree. I yeah. don't think that there's an event out there that I'm going to be like, now it's my lifestyle. Yeah. I don't think that I'll find that. But it might be something that it's like, again, it's like a thing I can try on for a day and be like, hmm, I'm learning something about myself here. Yeah. But- you yeah. know, what does that look like? I don't know yet. Yeah, I'm like, should I try to find other kink community stuff? And I'm like, hmm. I think maybe once in a while I would go to something. Yeah, but yeah. Truly, I'm just out here trying to have a baby. <laughs> That's your kink. My kink is growing a family. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to dominate our shared banking account. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a joint check and baby. <laughs> I'll be a financial dom to my husband. Oh, my God. 
Wow. <laughs> Are we even get? We didn't start talking about Leon and Jerry. That'll be for the next I'll one. Be the next which we actually, one. I gotta go make a special delivery. Uh huh. So guys, follow us on everything. Uh, Gaudy Positive Show on Instagram. I'm at Jenny's Agreno uh, on pretty much everything. Jenny's Agreno comedy at on TikTok. I'm at Style Epic on everything. Yeah. And actually, for this episode, if you're happen to, uh, you know, go to the comment section of the Instagram, I, th- I'm i really interested to hear other people's takes on this. And yeah. like, um, you just don't be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you disagree with us and think we're dicks or, you know, think we're you stupid white ladies, just tell us in the messages. You don't need to be like, these are two stupid bitches. I'm fine with them. Tell- no, they can just tell us in the comments. I mean, I'll respond to it. I'll, sure. I'll, so I'll deal with it. All right, you deal with it. Listen, I'm I get enough negative negative comments. I know, right? I can deal with it. I think the thing is, like, I am open to pushback entirely on this. Yeah. This is all processing, you know? And I think that sometimes, normally I would say, like, don't, maybe don't process these things in, a, in this kind of forum. But I think this is good because I think there's a lot, especially, like, Cis a lot of people women stuff. who do not get to process this stuff. And so if, if there's somebody listening to this who's like, hmm, I haven't really thought about this because I've been afraid or whatever, like, I want that to be. Like, I think that's an okay thing. So, yeah, talk back at us. If you think that we got this all wrong or we we talked about something in, in an inappropriate way or whatever, it's okay. It's okay to let us know that. I would love uh, a thoughtful uh, approach to that. But if you're just feeling all vinegar about it it's okay i can handle it but i won't show jenny <laughs> yeah don't show me i just like i got enough vinegar in my life already yeah. Yeah. um and we're just two people trying to process and be human so yeah there uh-huh. you go um and uh and yeah so uh we're gonna go see our two new favorite queens that's right yeah self-identifying queens yeah they they drew i can't wait to have them on the podcast oh my god they were the first gay couple to get married at the venetian in vegas and oh they wore god. full costume for it that's full all you need to know venetian 18th century costumes oh my god